0: Traveling the Vortex
1: We've joined Colonel Leftbridge stewart as he defends the Earth from alien menaces and arrive at episode 260. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys?
2: Deja vu. Deja vu? (laughs) Deja vu. We're reviewing something we've already oh. reviewed. <laughs> a little bit. Spoiler filled this time. With some added reviewing. For well, your listening pleasure. We hope. I'm great. I'm fantastic. I'm, Let me rephrase. We're, we're reviewing I'm this a, whether you like it or not. I'm so. on cloud nine this week. This Why been, are you in such a good mood, Gordon? This has going. been the best week for a long time. Did you go see time. Sisters? This is best week in three years. I went out and I saw, I, After I, w- in fact, I went back and I did a rewatch. I did a six-film rewatch. Everything leading up to Friday. And then Friday, I, you guys think I'm talking about Star Wars. I'm talking about Rocky. I went and yes, watched all six Rocky yeah. films and then I saw Creed. Oh, my gosh.
1: I've actually heard Creed's a really good movie. I have too. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really see it. No.
2: Star Wars. The world has oh, that changed. We have a seventh Star Wars film, as Sean put. Adequately, last week.
3: I was thinking deep thoughts. Yes.
2: <laughs> As we stopped recording, Sean said, do you realize next week it'll, it'll be different a different world. world? There'll be seven Star Wars films, and here we are. Seven, seven Star, Star Wars, Wars films.
3: Go. The last time I talked to you guys, there were only six.
2: Oh. <laughs> well, you've tweeted us, or uh, t- texted us since then. So. I have I, a if lot, have, <laughs> actually. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so uh, do we want to lead off with our spoiler-free Star Wars talking Yep,
2: it was awesome. It was so good, so good. And I, I don't want to rank anything except for <laughs> to say that it is better than the prequel trilogy by far. It, it definitely felt and, like I, and Star I'm, Wars than the prequels. I'm day. an apologist for the prequels. I love the prequels, all the way down to Phantom Menace. But man, this was wow. This was me reliving my childhood. It was Star Wars coming again. back to its full potential. Yeah. Oh yeah. And most I of that's that, the too. joy of seeing familiar characters on the screen. once. Yeah. There. That was, oh,
1: wow. I don't think it would have quite felt like Star Wars had they not gotten the uh, characters oh, back. Yeah, it was Even mad. if they had connected names and everything. And that it was it, amazing. Yeah.
2: Amazing. Every, every time one of them showed up, I'd go, Holly <laughs> <laughs> would go, settle down, settle down. <laughs>
1: I got a little teary-eyed when Han and Chewie showed up the first time. Uh,
2: me too. Me too. Holly did ask me. She leaned too over and said, "Did you expect it was going to be them? Because of the, the, the scene again, spoiler free, but the scene kind of leads you to believe that it might not be them." Oh, <laughs> yeah, they it just kind of showed up. I knew. I knew immediately. Yeah, was, it was coming in that yeah, door. So yeah. that, I, I had no idea it I was them. But then it was
3: like, oh, that's where the scene fits. Okay. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I didn't cry. At that I did cry at our first. Our first look at the Falcon. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was surprised too. Even having
2: seen it in the trailers, yeah, yeah. Um,
3: but and I, I rationalized it away as like it's just kind of the same thing. Whenever they change Doctor Who, and I come into it going, mm-hmm. and then the TARDIS shows up, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Here's Star Wars, it's and Star was Wars like, now.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> and then there was the Falcon, and I just I started crying.
2: <laughs> oh, did you guys feels, cry later in the film? It feels, no, you yep, you didn't. I did. I actually I saw did. it coming. And when we review the spoiler <laughs> the filled, filled then I'll tell you why. But oh, that's I know okay. why. <laughs> I, I expected... No, no, no. And, I mean... Oh. It was not for the reason I no, expected. No, no. Well, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, yes, and uh, there's more to it. But, yeah. Okay. <sighs> anyway, I am really I'm good. immensely pleased. JJ, it's in the right hands. JJ Abrams did a fantastic job. Um, I see There's a there, there's a lot of love for the film on facebook right now i think overall overwhelmingly everybody's loved it there's a lot of people saying well i still have questions well yes of course we still have questions there's two more films coming yeah, in the main series sad. the rest
1: of it and uh,
2: <laughs> there's 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 there are more films coming in the main series, well, and, and then and there's more the films coming in between. So. Some of the
1: questions they might have, might they need to go to the books, too. So yeah, I think see, the I books are going to fill in some should. of those questions. I don't think
2: you should have to do that. You should have to, but that's, I that's to a marketing
1: ploy. That's, that's what they're aiming yeah. for. So it depends on the questions they have. I really didn't have that many questions walking out of it. I didn't either. I felt satisfied with, with the story they gave me.
2: There was only one minute, there was only one moment in the film that I wish... I think sh- I think I figured it out and should have been edited it differently, mm-hmm. but I can't talk about that here either because it's <laughs> it's close to the end. But I think it it should have been no, not the very very no, end, but but, but close to the end, um, mm-hmm. near the end. That um, it, it just it just seemed like something was a bit out of order that would have maybe satisfied something that is said and happens, but mm-hmm. it's yeah, it was, it was okay. I liked every nearly everything about
1: the film. Yeah, me too. I do have two very small nitpicks, and it's very weird, very weird nitpicks for on my end. It's weird watching a Star Wars film and not have the 20th Century Fox fanfare yeah, to start weird. it off. Okay, at least they have that started. Too?
2: At least uh, they started with the Locust Film logo. And yeah. just went right well, after. Yeah. Here, here's the deal: I, I've there was seen... no Disney Castle. I was, I was yeah. glad about
1: that. I, I've <laughs> seen
3: online really where Man,
2: me, a huge Disney fan, <laughs> still would have been bothered by a Disney Castle yeah. at the beginning. I've
3: seen online where they say I assume when they show up on Blu-ray eventually, they they've already written a new piece of music. And it's the Disney castle and then the Lucasfilm logo. And it's not the Fox fanfare, obviously, but it sounds like a big fanfare that mm-hmm. then leads into the Lucasfilm extension for that part of the logo. And that's what will be used. And I'd seen that. And then the Disney exec said, we're not putting the castle at the beginning. And I went, oh, okay. I mean, that's, that's, I, I, I mean, it doesn't bother me any, but I, I get why. You're being, you're being respectful of the fans. That's kind of cool. And so the lights went down, 20 minutes of previews. <laughs> you know, lots of previews.
1: <laughs> lots of previews.
3: Lucasfilm logo, and I went, "Oh, long time ago, galaxy far, far away." Boom, and I, I, I wasn't ready. There was, <laughs> yeah. it there's a beat you missing. If you don't get yeah. the fanfare, then it's like. There's something missing. There. I, I yeah. need that moment to go.
1: Because every time I hear the fanfare, part of me thinks, so "Am I going to watch Star Wars?" Yeah. No yeah. matter what you're no watching, matter the no, film, matter no matter, what matter what the you're film,
2: right. even though you've sat down and put it in your Blu-ray <laughs> yes, player, yes. you, you oh, know Star you're Wars. not watching Star Wars. <laughs> but you hear the fanfare and you go, "Star Wars." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, and, and so there was that. I'm beat glad I'm not missing. the only one that had this all the time. You know, that yeah.
3: beat was missing, and I just, I, I, I especially felt- if you
2: put a Fox film in that runs the whole fanfare, because oh, not all of them do that.
1: Yeah.
3: Some of them do. I felt thrown in the deep end of the pool. All of a sudden, Star Wars... And I think maybe the audience reacted that way, too, because when Star Wars went... And started to fade back... Nobody applauded. Nobody freaked out. Nobody cheered. And I kind of went... They were all caught off guard. (laughs) I think so. Because now, again, I don't want to compare apples and apples, but when Phantom Menace came out, and you remember this when we went and saw... Yeah, yeah. Lucasfilm. Yeah! Long time ago. Star Wars. Yeah! And then everybody read... Which, that's the other thing, reading a new scroll. Oh, yeah. These are words that I've never seen before in this order. (laughs) Going past, that's just weird. But, yeah, I mean, people cheered. People cheered when the lights went down. People cheered when this happened. People cheered when this happened. They boom, boom, boom all the way along. I think this was probably because they
1: cheered during Phantom Menace and then got Phantom Menace. (laughs) (laughs) And as much as I enjoy it, but a lot of people don't. Maybe that's why. Do people cheer at the end of your movie?
2: We, we had some applause. We had – oh, yep. I led the applause oh, yeah. at the end of our movie. <laughs> we, right. we, we, we it was had, 10 a.m. in the morning. There was a lot of people who were still half asleep, I think. <laughs> and I started clapping and everybody joined in. I was like, yeah, yeah,
1: it deserved it. I, I, I went into the movie trepidatious knowing, well, you know, we quasi-burned before.
2: I went in it, nervous but not really trepidatious.
1: My other, my other small complaint was there's a bit where we go to a pretty much a new cantina. And I appreciate the fact that they designed a whole bunch of aliens and put them all in there and it was all real prosthetics and all that stuff. I would have liked to see some familiar species in there, too. Let me... They're oh, few and between in this entire film. Yeah. And, and And that, I think it would have felt more like a star... It would have helped ease that transition a little bit more between the sagas if that had been in there. I mean, you get the nice... Uh, them popping up later, some familiar species later on, which I, I really appreciated. But it was just like, oh, okay,
2: that's that's cool.
1: I really like the new designs of all these aliens. Just throw in a couple of familiar faces. i, I got to
2: ask, and you know, no, no, I don't think this is a uh, spoiler-ish. It is, it is in, a, in a way, but it's not it's not a detrimental spoiler. Was that Akbar around that table, around mm-hmm. that playing table? I mean, it sounded exactly them, like him. Well, they
1: all sound the same. <laughs> it sounded exactly I, like him. Granted, granted I don't story. think any other one has talked in the... In um, no. the films, I, no. think,
3: I think we're all being completely speciesist, speciesist <laughs> by just speciesist. assuming that well, it's Admiral Ackbar, and it's like it could just be another Mon Calamari. I, I, I but, saw, but it sounded
2: exactly like him, and I've heard him on—I've heard not him, I've heard them in uh, Clone Wars, and they all have a very—they have that same have style of voice, but they style. have a variation. Yeah. This guy sounded exactly like Ackbar.
1: So. Um, I remember seeing JJ say that it was okay, and. According to the IMDb, if you can trust it, it is same actor Tim Rose, the ah, same actor.
2: Good. Okay. I, I agree with. Everything. I assume the other
1: alien in that scene was also the same alien from Return of the Jedi. I don't want to spoil that because I, I, I hadn't seen that in advance.
2: Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs>
1: I, if I if I can make the, fa- the, the sound he makes <laughs> and the jowls, oh that one. <laughs> yeah, that one. Okay, it is. I, I figured that was. Something. I didn't realize that was. I, I assumed it was. I. I oh, know. you don't know. I don't oh, know. Okay. I don't know. I assumed it was. Oh, okay. That could be species of, mis- species of me
2: too, but. Well, because there were two, there was well. Let's yeah. just say it. There was nine numb and there was uh, ten. There was, there was another one. There's another one in the background yeah. that has a white uh, shoot that suit that where that flies a bee wing. Yeah, I can't yeah. remember his name. Ten something. I assumed it was him,
1: and according to Imdb, it is. So. Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> there you go. I, I didn't. I didn't assume, and I thought, oh, then you know, it's just another of that particular species.
1: Considering that, because we, I kind of assumed it was because based off of the cantina scene of not seeing familiar species, that the species we would see would be characters we knew.
2: Oh, okay. Anyway,
3: <laughs> I agree with everything that you said. I'm, I'm excited and, and happy and joyous. I am also maybe a little more nitpickier than Keith from the standpoint that there were a lot of little things that I kind of wished. It, it's It's a mix of new and old. And I think all of the new stuff that they did worked amazingly well. And I think maybe they focused a little too hard on the old stuff to give us those nostalgia. Hey, look what we did! Isn't that cool? And you I mean, think so. Just in a way, the you know, there
1: wasn't a lot of. It wasn't aside from the main characters.
3: There wasn't a lot of fan. I didn't in think so at all. The, yeah, the, the plot no, so is. You were
1: wanting identical. more family, is that what you're no, saying? No, no, fan service. I, just, service. <laughs> I,
3: I I just feel like I, I went with with Ray and and. Um, Finn and and all these new characters that I, I was just I was mesmerized by. The I liked all the new characters. I, yeah, I did too. And that I was I was I was really kind of surprised and 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 Poe. I'm kind of surprised that I fell in and with this group as easily as I did. You know, with this this a whole new crew and it's a whole new thing. And I was kind of I didn't know what I was expecting, but it's like yeah, these guys are awesome. This is great. And then everything else kind of kept pulling me back to remember when we did this and remember when we did this. It's like, go with the new guys. You, oh, you I just, see what you're saying. I just, it just felt like the, the plot is very similarly structured. I, I, I think they changed changed it. No, definitely, definitely. And, and I, I think it, it, just, it, it was almost like they were playing it safe. Like they knew that we have to present this so that nobody gets really angry with us. We have to give them the Star Wars they remember, so let's give them the Star Wars they remember. And it's like you were doing fine before you came along with really giving me the Star Wars I remember. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree. And like I said, that's nitpicky. It, it's yeah, very, very nitpicky. I'm I disagree. Not, I'm not one of those guys who's like, oh, they just ripped off the movie. That being I don't think said, they did, but.
2: It, even though it feels like a Star Wars film, it also feels like a J.J. Abrams film. Yeah. It really does. There's a lot less lens I was, flavor. I was I was appreciative shocked. of that. And no uh, bad robot logo at the beginning. No, there Did you wasn't notice that? The was, was, was there one at the end? Was I was end. really shocked that there wasn't one there at the was, There
1: was not all the promotions.
2: Yeah. I, I, I remember that because I remember at the beginning I told Holly, I said, they needed to have like BB running through there instead of the bad <laughs> I logo think BB on,
1: was but. one of the best editions oh, in the entire is so- is the universe. The BB's how ever. you do
2: Jar Jar right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you're going to do, do something for and, the kids, and the, that's how you do it. Well, that's
3: what I've always said is the humor... For for the original trilogy, it was always came from the droids. Yeah, they were what made it funny. And then Jar Jar came along, and they moved well. the, the sense of humor to Jar Jar, and he was the one bumbling around and falling into things. No, like, no, 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 the because, droids should be the because, funny
2: because ones. the sensey the the humor for Jedi is the Ewoks. As much as people uh, hate the Ewoks, no, it's I love the, the Ewoks. droids' interactions with the Ewoks. No, it's, it's the Ewoks. C
3: three PO being treated as a god, and it's R two shocking Wicket. Those are the no,
2: no, it's rumors. it's Wicket. In the from the from the get go, it's Even Wicked with interacting with Leia is what it is. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. Yeah, now the hope. droids become an extension of that. Don't get me wrong, but in Return of the Jedi, it's 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 yeah, the
1: Ewoks. but in a New Hope, it's definitely the droids. Yeah,
3: definitely. Well, and that probably explains why I don't like Jedi as well as I like the other two. <laughs> <laughs> that could be actually. The droids and, are the funny
2: ones. Leave, leave them. Leave the humor there. And it's it's the droids at the beginning of Empire and it's Yoda in the middle. Because yeah. Yoda, Yoda's interactions realized, with yeah, R2. before we real well, and and Luke for that matter, yeah. when he's pretending not to be Yoda, <laughs> that's that's the humor there. But Which yeah, how come,
3: no, how come R two didn't just go, dude? That's who you're looking for. Yeah, <laughs> Is he, because because R two's a
2: troll too. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to pick up <laughs> consistencies <laughs> between the pre prequels and the original trilogy. Anyway. No,
3: BB 8 is the greatest yes. thing in the history of great things. Yeah.
2: Anyway, great, great movie, great start. I really look a forward to going to see it again. And yeah, I, yeah, I will see it probably a dozen, if not, if not half a dozen, a dozen or not a dozen times, a half a dozen times. In the I'm looking forward again.
3: to seeing it again, and I'm really looking forward to seeing where we go from here. Yeah, that that, that yeah. more than anything else, with all of the really hardcore fanboys that are just. Screaming at the top of Star Wars is back. Star Wars didn't really ever go anywhere. It was there. Just you get. Again, Mm -hmm. I'm a for the prequels too. You gotta. You gotta acknowledge them. And then after that, we had Clone Wars, and that's still Star Wars. Yeah. But what this one was was very much like okay, Star Wars is the way you remember it, Mm -hmm. and where are we going from here? That's the cool part. So Mm -hmm. yeah.
2: You guys do anything else this week? I got a new phone. That was it. Oh, and I found out my truck, which I don't think I talked about I last, last week. I was no. in an accident two weeks ago with Mason. Everybody's we fine. Everything's fine except for my truck. They thought they were going to be able to fix my truck, and now they went in there to start fixing it and found some hidden damage, and so it is now totaled. So Aww. we will be car shopping next week. <laughs> <laughs> so new Hopefully there will be some good end-of-year sales. So,
1: hmm? Hopefully there will be some good end-of-year sales. Yeah, I'm
2: hoping so. We'll see. Anyway, that was pretty I can much the extent scion. of my... No, I don't want to sign <laughs> That sinks into my week.
1: Uh, I watched... Since I didn't get to join for Star Wars with friends, because I was working, I watched Return of the Jedi ahead of uh, Force Awakens. And then I also watched uh, a Christmas special. A very Murray Christmas special. Oh,
2: I started that. I watched about 10 minutes of it, and it was... It's un, awkward. It was so unfunny, I was like, it was, turned it it's, off. It's
1: and, it's a weird, It's a really weird... It's yeah, it it's was, just weird. That's it's, what I've heard. Is it's, that it's not really funny until there. <laughs> there's a point where Bill Murray passes out and has this really weird dream where George Clooney and Miley Cyrus shows up and they do this nice song with Miley Cyrus and it's nice and then it cuts to a song with George Clooney and it's um, Santa Claus
3: needs some lovin'.
2: Really weird. Yeah, I, like I say, I watched ten minutes of it.
3: That's all I did. For <clears throat> Um, no, the only thing I did uh, this week is we watched uh, we watched New Hope, and then we watched... Uh, you watched Bob Hope? New Hope. Oh, that's one of the things I've been doing a this new week. New Bob
2: Hope. You watched Bob Hope? <laughs> yeah, I did watch Bob Hope. Oh, I watched... The, appropriately enough. No, I didn't. Hands. I watched Bob Newhart. Never mind.
3: There you go. Yeah. I <laughs> knew it was a Bob. <laughs> go ahead. One of the Bob's. Um, well, I don't, we don't get to the Christmas movies like you get to the Christmas movies, so... Um, but we, we watched New Hope, and we watched... Um, Empire tonight. Anything else?
0: Nope.
1: Nope. Let's talk about news. There really isn't anything in the news. Well
2: then it's tied into our Doctor out. Who Legacy. Tip of the week.
1: So if you haven't logged in recently, there is a new character you can unlock in the fan area if you have it, and it's gonna be a whole line. If you've no if you've been in there previous to Saturday, you notice there hasn't really been any Christmas stuff in there. They're remedying that. Last year, they did the Advent Calendar, but because this year, Series 9 went so far into December, or into December, they couldn't do the Advent Calendar. So instead, they're doing a bunch of what they're calling Signature Series. Uh, So after you purchase the fan area, or if you already have purchased, uh, they're dropping levels in the fan area. Uh, Each day, players will unlock exclusive versions of an ally, which includes the the actor's real signature on their character. That's neat. And I think they have different abilities also, so it's not just a skin. Yeah. It's a whole new character. Uh, the first one was Sabra from Time Heist. Uh, the Sixth Doctor is coming. Joe Grant, Van Gogh, Ace, and Rigzy all will be coming. The um, Christmas Eve, they will add the Twelfth Doctor's Velvet Jacket for the Ooh. wardrobe coming out. And then on Christmas weekend, they'll launch... The level based on the husband of the river song. So you get a level for to unlock each of these characters.
2: So we are basically getting a mini advent calendar. Pretty much.
3: And <laughs> the final this, week. I think the signature series is kind of a cool way of doing it. It's it's something that's I mean it's not earth shattering content, no. but I think it's I think it's cool and it's fun. What's well,
2: neat it, that they first of all have a signature and second that they have a different ability on them. So I'm pretty sure they have a different. So that's a good idea. idea. It's like baseball cards. It's it's it's, Ooh, on this one's got an autograph on it. My uh, legacy news is I'm back. Are you? The phone will play Doctor <laughs> Legacy, so I am back and I'm catching up, pretty much. But which means, unfortunately, a lot of those characters that you were were uh, guaranteed drops. So I'm having to keep playing oh, the game until yeah. I get them dropped. But. Well, like you're so
1: far in advance. i are <laughs> so far in the game. Yeah, well, I have everything. You done, don't have, so I have else nothing to do. else to do,
2: but yeah. but work on those characters. So
3: I'm still kind of.
1: Have you, have you finished the story levels yet?
3: No. I'm still in a holding pattern. I've got all my my, my problem is the iPad doesn't run it so well anymore uh, with all the new updates. That's why
2: I that's why I I, I completely almost dropped it all together because it was just I could get in and play one game and then it would just get so sluggish that I couldn't do anything. It like takes it.
3: forever to load and then once it does load it's it it's frequently that it lags out or mm-hmm. or dies on me in the middle of a level and it's just kind of like uh, and it's not just that. I think it, I think it's the iPad in general. It's just that the, so many new updates have come out for it. and The iPad 2 is just that they're trying is, to force me into new, something new. Well, <laughs>
2: and, I mean, in order to improve the game, they have to – it's not Legacy's fault. Oh, though. no, 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 Light no, no, no. Games, I don't want to give that impression it's just, at all. Yeah, it's, it's Apple. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, <about laughs> new it's, stuff. it's Apple going, you need it's new stuff. Upgrade,
1: yeah. You see, I'm pulling up the character just to double check because my Sim
3: character City character. does this with Sim City's my other kind of addiction right now. Is I'm, I'm really hooked on I I love those kinds of games. And when I found out it was available, I was like, Ooh. And like, wow, that sounded like an explosion. It was lightning, I saw it out was the it window. It lightning, yeah, wow.
2: that was, was wow, right out of me. <laughs> <laughs> That was lightning, huh? Yeah, that must have hit a, down there
3: was nearby. A, there was a flash outside. Wow! Like,
2: Is it thundering? You sure? I thought that I heard it, it earlier did? tonight. It sure was an explosion. You saw? Yeah, it might have been.
1: <laughs> I didn't notice there were sprinkles on my windshield. Yeah, it's it's end, been so. sprinkling
2: off and on all night. It, so. it, and it, that it, loud it, bang you heard in the background? <laughs> we're all okay. <laughs> it's not an explosion or a gunshot. <laughs> well, we hope.
1: Yeah. Uh, the characters do have different abilities.
3: Oh, good. Okay. The Death Star might have just fired.
2: <laughs> oh, here's the rain. Here's the rain. Yeah. Um, speaking of, you were talking about Sim City being, you are you on? No, I'm not on Sim City. but now my new <laughs> addiction, Holly plays this game called Tsum Tsum, it's a Disney game, it's the little cute little um, oh, okay, pill looking yeah. things that stack on each other, other Well, they have a game that accompanies that as well, and so she's been playing this thing for months, and I've been giving her a hard time about it, because I think the zooms while they're cute, I think they're kind of silly, it's, I, to me it's a collecting gimmick, even though it's Disney, they're cute. They've got little cartoons on Disney Channel that my kids watch. Mm. Those are cute, but I was—I've I, never been sucked into the zooms. So I, I was like, oh, okay, they're cute. she have been playing this game for months, and I thought, well, I got you know, I got some time, so I downloaded to see what it was all about, and I have play, been playing nonstop for a week <laughs> and a half now. So, anyway, it's neither <laughs> here there, you, there but the that's my phone? other thing. Well, the, 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 it played that played really well on my old oh, phone okay. too. So yeah, but you just got the phones yesterday. Oh okay. Well, that's your Doctor Who legacy. Tip of the week. Up next, feedback.
1: And our only bit of feedback this week comes from Kirk. Kirk writes, Series 9 wrap-up. Glenn, Keith, and Sean. I'm sorry that it's taken me a couple weeks to thank you for the package of goodies. (laughs) You really know how to make a Patreon supporter feel appreciated. I'm listening to the Mixtape CD right now. Also, I can rest easy. Now that I have my twelfth Doctor cosplay covered for Planet Comic Con 2016, <laughs> thank you very much.
3: You're welcome, Kirk.
2: Thanks for letting us know we that you got to it. See you using the cosplay for Planet Comic Con this year?
1: Yes. For next year. I also want to share my thoughts on the final four episodes of series nine. You might remember, you might remember that I was very pleased with the stories up to through the Zygon two-parter. I was just listening to the most recent episode of Very, and I agree with their sentiment that it seems like uh, the writers really rose up to the challenge of writing materials suited to Peter Capaldi's temperament and accomplished acting skills. And from there, I segue into talking about the weakest episode of the season. I liked a lot of things about Sleep No More. It started out with a lot of promise. The supporting cast was interesting. The found footage aspect gave the story an unusual visual edge. I did cringe when the Eiberger explanation was dropped, <laughs> but I thought, hey, I'll roll with it for now. Then, there were more harebrained explanations of camera angles and such, and then the final five minutes didn't make sense. Finally, the last scene completely pulled the rug out from under the whole story and left everything unresolved. It was a major gatus fail. As an actor, producer, and writer... Mark Gatiss has done many things that I like, he's, but he's one of my least favorite Doctor Who writers. As flawed as it is, Sleep No More might rank as my third favorite Mark Gatiss written episode. Young Quiet Dead and the Crimson Aura definitely rank higher, but the rest, I'm not so sure. That should let you know how problematic I think most Mark Gatiss episodes are. I used to think that Mark Gatiss would be a natural successor to Moffat as a showrunner, as the years go by, that seems more and more worrisome prospects. Face the Raven was enjoyable. I liked that they included a the surrogate doctor, Ashilda, and compa- a surrogate companion, Rigsy. I liked that the mystique of the Trap Street and its inhabitants. On the other hand, Clara's death had so little emotional impact on me that I was hoping Moffat had a trick up his sleeve. Yep, but not right away. <laughs> Heavens Moffat sense. was playing the long game. You sure was. Ever since, this was one of those times when I find myself out of step with fandom. Most people have ranked this episode as an instant classic and contender for best episode ever. It was fun and well made. I enjoyed it, but best ever? Nothing happens. My two word review, amusing filler. Are those fighting words? Keep in mind that I'm the guy who thought the doctor's wife was good, but not nearly as spectacular as fandom made it out to be. One of the things that bothers me about both episodes is that the Doctor doesn't save anyone. Team TARDIS lands in danger and escapes. Next episode, Helbent picks up where Face the Raven leaves off. There's your true two-parter. Capaldi's performance was spectacular. The plot was kind of off the rails at some points. For one thing, it was just biv- bizarre for Moffat to just drop Gallifrey into our laps with no story or discovery and no explanation beyond that the Time Lords must have figured out how to escape. Really? The Doctor's quest to find Gallifrey was set up as a defining story arc at the end of Day of the Doctor and again at the end of Death in Heaven. I like Hellbent a lot, but I have to score it down to down a bit for annoying Moffat quirks like that. It may not sound like it based on my grousing and griping, but I think series 9 ended strong. In my opinion, series 8 was the most consistently lackluster series of New Who, but series 9 is Almost the strongest. In fact, there are only two episodes, The Girl Who Died and Sleep No More, that I would grade below an A-. Now I'm eager for the Christmas special and beyond. I'm very curious to see casting news about the next companion. I've prattled on way too long. Thanks, guys, for the enjoyable podcast and being good friends. I look forward to seeing you at Planet Comic Con, if not sooner. Kirk.
2: Thank you, Kirk. Thanks, Thanks, Kirk. Kirk. Good to hear and you're them. completely entitled to your opinions on those, and no, they're not fighting words. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I thought you were going to go with the your wrong opinions on those. Well, they are wrong, but you're perfectly <laughs> entitled
0: to them.
3: <laughs> I go. Yeah, I agree with them that eight was probably the most uneven of, of any New Who series, and nine is. I think it's the strongest. I think flat out, it's the strongest of New Who, but certainly one of.
2: I know, yeah, yeah. most definitely.
3: And I think I agree with him that Sleep No More and, uh, uh, what was the other one? <clears throat> face the Raven? Yeah. Oh, no, he did Girl Who Died. and Girl Who, stayed, who yeah. Died. I would yeah. just Sleep No More and, and Face the Raven is the... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The two weakest? The two weakest. But again, even even the weak ones are still... None of these had talking trees in them. That's true. <laughs> It was a good season. None of these or, had squiggle monsters. No
1: Absorbalovs.
2: Hey, there's the
0: Well,
1: the story is fine. It's the monster <laughs> I don't really like.
2: Yeah, but it was from a certain point of view. None of these were <laughs> idiots. <laughs> okay, you'll be one. We've been there, haven't we?
3: <laughs>
1: I enjoyed the point of view. I just don't like the monster in it. Oh, anyway, that's it for feedback. Let's do some reviews. First up in our reviews, the Lethbridge-Stewart short story, Ambush. I don't have synopses for
2: these. Sorry, that would sound like the CBS sting from my (laughs) radio days. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pulling up my... (laughs) Nobody else got that. Sorry, Sorry, that was over (laughs) probably even our listeners' hands. Chirp. Chirp. If you say so. Chirp. Wait. that was like the ding that, that indicated that CBS News was coming on the radio. Ding. And then it, the song was... Doo, 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 doo. You were in radio? Yeah, I was in radio. Oh, crying out loud. <laughs> crying out loud. Okay.
3: Next you're going to tell me you were a police officer.
2: No, Sean, I'm not going to tell you that. Again. <laughs>
1: uh, what would you guys think of the Ambush.
2: Where's the synopses? I
1: don't have a synopsis. We he need just, a synopsis. Just I just said, they don't, I don't have synopses for the short stories. And I already gave a synopsis for uh, the other, for Schizoid Earth.
2: So. 1968 London. <laughs> <laughs> a mysterious event has engulfed London, driving... I don't know. <laughs> I'm not very good at synopsis. Stuff's about to get Stuff's real. Stuff's about to get real. Lethbridge
3: Stewart's on a truck on his way. Oh,
2: I found to one, stop. but it's
1: almost as long as the actual story.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. For me, it was nice to get plopped down pre, um, not only pre Lethbridge Stewart, uh, Forgotten Son, but also kind of pre, pre or 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 in, in into during the events of Web of Fear. Yeah, um, I get the impression that it starts just before Web of Fear but leads right into yeah, events that are happening kind of at the beginning of as Web gets, of yeah. Fear. Yeah. So, um, so I thoroughly enjoyed having a different perspective or a, a new location or a different location that we don't see on television or, or learn about in uh, Forgotten Sun. So I thought that was really kind of cool.
1: I would agree. Uh, it was really neat seeing how, because it's always been kind of a curious thought when watching Web of Fear of, he just kind of shows up out of nowhere. I mean, we get some drop lines of why he's there, and
2: four episodes in, yeah.
1: Yeah, and so that's kind of see- neat to read about him getting to that point and understanding, and especially with now the the foreknowledge of General Hamilton, yes. and all of that
2: stuff makes yes. it even cooler. Agreed. Knowing the back, the forward backstory, and not to mention that he and Driver Evans are the only ones that survive. Yeah, I mean that was that was kind of an interesting piece as well, because we know that he's lost his entire platoon or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. group. Um, but now we actually see what happens that led up to that. The reason why Lethbridge Stewart's the one that, that just survives. I mean, he's, he's a very integral reason why he has to be there. So it was, it, it was good. It was very, very good.
3: I'll go one step further. Go ahead. I will say that in my personal headcanon, this is the events of that missing episode three. Oh, well, <laughs> that's a bit further than i'm willing to go ah, to, but since, since we have the audio and Ab- yeah, exactly. no it's <laughs> nothing. the doctor's doing stuff that's really all you need <laughs> <laughs> so meanwhile let's introduce you to a new character no, I, here's lethbridge maybe, maybe it's what it, should have it, been left it, episode I, three what, what it does
2: oh. is it it, it 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 fits nicely between three and four it is. Because he, he, okay. he's in Show 4,
3: right? No, he appears, his first appearance is in the missing episode. Which is 3? Which is 3.
2: I thought it was 4. But okay, so yeah, then it, it really kind of feels like it could have been in episode 2.5. Yeah, I, I mean, they, it really does. So. I'm I thought crazy. it was episode it's 4. that has gone. But.
3: Keith's looking it up, so I won't. Um, no, I, I thought the, the this was, I, I I liked being dropped in the middle of it. The, because it's had this great, and, and that's something I think all the lethbridge Stewart books have kind of done, both the long and the, the the short. It seems like they all open with a bit of action and we're kind of thrown in the deep end and left to swim. And because he's such a man of action, it totally works. You know the format for this, and I, yeah. I think that's great. Um, but I, I I enjoyed it, and I enjoyed the the kind of in a way almost felt like the the I think it's
1: episode the, three is missing a web of fear.
3: Well, no, I'm not celebrating that it's missing. <laughs> <laughs> you are correct. Don't take my fist pump the wrong way. Um, but uh, it almost feels like, this, is it the fifth episode that we get the entire episode is the colonel out running around fighting the Eddy on the streets? Yeah, that's episode five. Yeah. It kind of felt like Commandeers that. Commandeers another group of men that he tries to lead <laughs> to their death. No, <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, it, it kind of felt like that, that it's just like, here's more of this action going on in the Yeti coming and it just it was like, Oh, this is so cool. So yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's a great, quicker little read. So it sets things up for, uh,
2: what's it? It sets things well, up it sets, for the rest of web of fear. Yeah, for, yeah. Right. And gives us a little more Lethbridge Stewart backstory to support Forgotten Son, Forgotten Son, because yeah, until Forgotten Son, the only th- backstory we have is that little piece from Web of Fear of Lethbridge Stewart. I mean, the, the the four episodes that he's in, or three yeah. episodes that he's in, four four episodes that he's in, and so this gives us just a chunk more of that as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that that it almost satisfies the idea that you kind of when, like you said, he just kind of shows up, and you want more. You you almost it almost leaves you wishing. That Lethbridge Stewart had been there in the first two episodes. It <laughs> yeah. really does. Yeah. And so what this kind of does is it puts him in the first two episodes, and and or, or because it's concurrent, con, you know, yeah, it, con- it, concurrently happening, it really gives a satisfaction for what was going on with Lethbridge Stewart leading up to that. So it's not so much of a hey, sh- he just shows up. In fact, now when you go back and watch Web of Fear and you're watching those first two episodes, you can, you can now can, in your mind's <laughs> eye go, this <laughs> is what this can, is you what know, he's Lethbridge- was yeah. doing. So.
1: And I really like how he ended it with about hindsight being a wonderful thing and the actual (laughs) last sentence being it was a meeting that would change Lethbridge Stewart's life forever. Forever. Yep. That's such a good way to end it. Makes you it kinda makes made me want to go pop in Web of Fear and be like, okay, now I'm gonna watch that.
3: We could watch that again. I'd be right with I own it, so I can watch okay, it. We'll be long. right back, listener.
2: We're going to go watch six episodes of Web of Fear, and then we'll return. Quick, go to your DVD player and boot it up. Impromptu Friday Night Who. <laughs> <laughs> Should we move on to uh, the next short story?
3: Now, just for the record for um, uh, our listeners. Or not. Well, I'm just. <laughs> Glenn, shush. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is because I had trouble finding it. That ambush is in oh yeah, ambush is in
1: secret, top secret top, top secret, secret files. files,
3: so if you're looking for for that particular short story and i I, I kind of prove some of the other ones in top secret files as well, and the, the whole thing looks very very cool, I mean there's a lot yeah of- there's a, and there's
1: a really nice forward in the very beginning of it talking about um, Nicholas Courtney as an actor mm-hmm. and yeah.
2: There's also a, uh, a uh, the the first chapter of the book is actually the the one that didn't end up getting used. Oh, is in the, this the, as the well. original, the chapter original first opening. chapter yeah. that, that was then later replaced by uh, the chapter we end up getting. So,
1: and some other nice essays
2: about the brigadier and
0: whatnot.
3: The uh, <clears throat> I did read the, my life with the brig, which was by Graham Harper, yep. uh, director extraordinaire. Uh, when it comes to Doctor Who, and, and he had some wonderful things to say about Nicholas Courtney, so that was that was an enjoyable read as well. But yeah, Top Secret Files is where you can find the ambush. Okay, now you can move on to
2: Legacy. Sure? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay,
1: I don't have a synopsis for this one either.
2: I didn't expect you to.
1: <laughs> I I really enjoyed this once I kind of figured out what was happening. <laughs> I, I entered it very confused. <laughs> And I I don't think it's the short story's fault. I I think I went into it with thinking it was going to be one thing and wound up getting something else, and it being so long since I had read Forgotten Son that it was like okay, remember that, but that's not what happened, and so, so that was the
3: part that. Are we doing spoiler filled? Yeah, a yeah, sure this is They've been out for so. A while. So the, the the book opens with kind of a recap of that little kind of open story where the child is saved by the the dashing brigadier <clears throat> from the Yeti in the Garden. But here he doesn't. He saves him and then dies. Yep. Yeah. And I was like, what? yeah. Excuse me, I've got my throat there. And then it kind of continues and follows
1: other characters as it goes, and they did a really nice job of in, incorporating characters we're familiar with, like Captain Knight and name dropping characters. Well
2: they're all here. They're Bush- Bishop's here, Pem- yeah. Pemberton's here. Um it's 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 really it's it's so starkly different from anything else. Yeah. While the trappings and the action are all the same, it's quite different because we already know the story of what happened here, and this is we already know what could how the, this is re, yeah it was resolved. And to turn its on an ear on its ear and show us an world story of the things we're very familiar with is a bit unsettling because yeah. you're like it, like you said I came into it very confused because I was like well, what's really going on here, <laughs> and it's not until it's not until you uh, it, it's not even at a point where you kind of. Are let in on what's going on. You do figure it out ahead of time. I think. Yeah, I, so I think I, I kind of, not right away, but you kind of. I kind, kind of midway through, I, you start piecing I it
1: knew together. where it was kind of headed. It did not end the way I expected no, it to. Yeah, me. absolutely. No, no. <laughs> um, uh, it, okay, we're not being spoiler free. It was when F, the first was when Jamie died, yeah, and then Victoria, right. and I'm like, okay, whoa, this is okay. That's I kind of suspected when Jamie died, and then once Victoria died, it kind of cemented.
2: What they were doing. here. Well, and it's also mentioned that uh, the doctor shot the doctor shot yeah. and killed him thinking he was a civilian. Well, thinking that he was a possessive civilian and not important at all. So it's yeah, that was very huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, the little man, as they call the it the little man, in the little man, and the police he, box. He, he didn't warrant a code name yet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> not worthy of one at that point. I, I, and once it kind of stops jumping around as much, because further on, Bishop, right, through most... Once Bishop becomes kind of the the, the lead character in the story, is when it, the story starts to bit, become more stable. Uh,
2: yeah, yeah. Was it Bishop?
1: It was Bishop. Okay, I went forward.
3: Because well, Spence is the one that...
2: Oh yeah, old Spence. Yeah, good, old, old, yeah old Spence. Spence.
3: You know, yeah, he, he, I mean, he's, yeah, for sure. all intents purposes, he's well, the hero.
2: Well, yeah, uh, yeah. Spence is and, the, and ends up being. And the, Knight, well, Knight and Blake wind up dying too. Spen- don't Spence think? is the was the catalyst for the change. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I also liked the um, not TARDIS showing up <laughs> police box. <laughs> I like that that's still the goal. That's like the goal is is we have to get the police box. That's the important thing. We have to get the – and there's a reason why (laughs) it ends up being a very important thing, which was interesting because the whole time they're talking about this mission to get the police box, I keep thinking – what can they do with it? The Doctor's gone. The Companions it's are gone. Locked. It's really, locked. How yeah. are they going to get in it? What are they going to do with it? And it's not until it's realized what happens <laughs> that, well, our, our hero is actually the TARDIS. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or what was what would name did, did she go by? Uh, Tessa? Tess, Tessa. Uh, was it Tessa? Yeah, Tessa. So it's not until she, she reveals herself as Tessa that you're going, oh. And then she has to kind of unravel events that have happened, which I thought yeah. was a it's, – it's a it's – a, it, Honesty here. This is my least favorite of the three stories that we that are reviewing uh, of the three shorts, and I, I only gave it I think three stars on Goodreads. But it's really an in in it gets credit for being a very unique look at something. And I think the reason why it's my least favorite is because as we read these stories, they sort of expound upon not just Lethbridge Stewart, but the events surrounding everything that we're very familiar with. And I've always felt like these stories add to the mythos that already exists, and they expound on the mythos that always exist. And this, in a way, completely steps away from that format and changes things and sets it on its ear. But I appreciate the uniqueness and the style of this story and how it can kind of give us some insight into characters that do lend to the mythos and to to the characters that are being established and give us a little different perspective on each one of them without changing the character at all just the events that they're going by. Yeah. And so I really kind of appreciated that aspect of this story. Um, I always really enjoy what-if stories, if the,
1: the the skewered alternate reality of things are different. I've always enjoyed those See, stories. See,
2: I'm not a big fan of what-if. I, I think that's, so that's why. I think that's why, why it doesn't. And I, seem, but I, I, again, th- I can appreciate what, what what was done with this. I think, what, I
1: think it's, what it does, it's, instead of
2: supplementing the television
1: series, it supplements Forgotten Son very well.
2: Yeah, yeah. Because it, it helps illustrate had... Well, Owen, Owen still is a very important character. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's set
1: forth. And the resolution of Forgotten Son and the, the explanation of what the Great Intelligence is doing, this,
2: this this illustrates what he was trying to do. Yeah, well... Before he knew, realizes what he needs to not do. Not just that, but I think it fleshes out that really kind of what felt like a crash course on the Great Intelligence in Forgotten Son it kind of expounds upon the whole linear reality of it. Yeah. How it doesn't just exist in this timeline, which I think Forgotten Son did a good job of kind of telling or, or explaining that. But this almost goes to broaden that a little bit more on the spectrum. And I think that's what I really liked about when we finally get to that chunk of the story, which I think is the best, is when <clears throat> Tessa shows up and... Has to kind of and has the confrontation with the Great Intelligence. Mm-hmm. I think that does a lot for fleshing out something that's really hard to wrap your, hand, your head around is the Great Intelligence and how it exists and how the astral plane plays into the idea of its existence. And I think this does a better job of broadening that crash course that we got in Forgotten Sun. So I think in that way it really supplements Forgotten Sun. Yeah, best. it really does.
3: I would agree with all of that. I um, I'm kind of with Keith. I enjoy a uh, a well told what if story. The problem with the what if story, especially when structured this way, when you come out right at the beginning and we've killed the main character, we've killed for all intents and purposes. We've killed the doctor. We've killed all the companions you, you're you're telling me right off the bat this is a what-if story. Now, sometimes you can do that, it's fine. I mean, when I pick up a book and it's like, this is the, the what-if of the Civil War, and it's like, oh, so the South one. Okay, let's see where we go with this. Right. Because I have an interest in that kind of thing. But if I don't know going into it that it's a what-if story, but then you tell me right at the beginning, it's like, well, I know that you're going to have to come back and hit a reset button. You're going to have to pull them off it and and, yeah. and fix yeah. all of this. So then when it happens... It's not a great surprise. It's not. You know, now, the way it happened with it being the TARDIS, that was cool. And that was that was really an inventive and, and nifty way of doing it. And I love the, not even confrontation between the TARDIS and the great intelligence. The intelligence tried to start some stuff. And TARDIS was like, eh, I'm not having any of that right, right now. I, just, <laughs> I came here to talk. Let's get this over. I thought that was really cool and really well done. Yeah. Yeah. But then when the TARDIS had to go and get Spence and kind of. Say, That's the
2: aha moment for me. Right, is when you realize what event has to correct itself, mm. and that it's Spence that ends up that it's Pem- Pemberton. Pemberton. It's Pemberton that that is the catalyst of it in connection to Lethbridge Stewart. That was really really cool, and in fact, it it in itself then expounds on that first chapter that I've always felt was kind of just out there. With that, with Forgotten Son, but now it makes sense why Andy chose to put that uh, as the first yeah. chapter, as opposed to the chapter that we ended up getting, or no, excuse me, that would have got had he not su- supplemented it. And so it goes. This story for me at the end goes a long way for for really settling one of the issues that I had with Forgotten Son, which was a really cool opening chapter that really felt like it had no connection <laughs> to Forgotten Son. Suddenly, it it yeah, has a connection it to does. this story, and it's like, oh, okay, that's really neat.
1: So once you guys figured out what they were doing, did you expect it to be Clara
2: that I, I, sol- that I resolved it? I sort of thought that it was – I didn't know that – I didn't – I suspected they would drop maybe a connection. I didn't expect it to be Clara, but I wondered if they were going to drop a connection to Clara because it's alluded to – Clara is alluded to in Forgotten Son yeah, in yeah. the whole – we, we're calling it the crash course, but I guess that's what it is. Crash course on the, <laughs> the great intelligence. Info dump. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I thought I thought that they might try to connect it, but I don't feel that they ever did. No, no. But they, they do didn't. mention the uh, downtime scenario. They do name mention you know all the <laughs> the, uh, uh, the Tibet incident. They, they, oh they, yeah, it, it, yeah. It, it interconnects all of that. I thought that was really cool too. So, which <sighs> forgotten <laughs> son did a good job of doing? Don't get yeah, me sure, wrong. Sure. But would, would it have made
3: a difference if it was Clara? Instead of the TARDIS, would that have enhanced or changed or may, maybe maybe detrimented?
2: I think it would have felt forced. Had we included Clara or Clara had been the resolution, I think that would have felt forced to me. I think that having the TARDIS be the resolution and the entity of Tessa really kind of felt like the natural way to go. It really felt like, the, in, in respect to, I like how Forgotten Son connects Clara, but doesn't necessarily utilize her. Right. This yeah. does the same thing. It it it, it doesn't connect Clara, Clara at all, don't get me wrong. But this does the same thing of of, of having its own in-universe, in-mythos, in-time frame resolution. And I think that works for me better than if they had connected Clara. Or, I, think I agree. Or, or Clara. Yeah, in I resolution. could see that. I think they could have connected Clara. In fact, again, I expected them to. But I think it might have felt forced had they used her as the resolution. In
3: a way, it almost is...
2: Who is this written by? I, I can't remember her name. Karen... Go back should give her
3: credit for... Norma Ashley. Norma. Norma, Norma.
2: Ashley. Yeah.
3: I suppose, in a way, the, um, the, the the problem we've run into now is that any any, uh, any writer who does a piece of fanfiction regarding a, a, a classic doctor can go to the full nines of putting him in some sort of danger. On the verge
2: of death. And
3: know. then pull Clara out of the box and go, aha, this is the one that she saved him on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh. Okay.
2: Which, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm fine with that if somebody goes down that road. Because we haven't seen it yet. Yeah. So if somebody goes down that road and, and does it, I, I like can appreciate that. I wouldn't have wanted that in this, this particular yeah, yeah. sense.
3: And I'll just file that one away for later. <laughs> <laughs> now, I was, I was glad it was the tortoise. Like I said, I thought that was the the cool factor with the way the story was told it was like. And oh.
2: I also and her recognition that she, it's Lethbridge. Do what they need to say. Initially, yeah. I had kind of hoped that she'd have used Idris. Yeah, so and did then I. I went back to the whole. I, I like that it was a different entity. She used a different entity this time, and so I, I kind of I went down that all. Oh, Missed opportunity, and then I went. No, no. Glad we went this way. Glad, glad. We because went Idris
1: there. was that physical incarnation. Right, this is a different right, one. Right. Yeah.
2: Even though it's the same soul. Well, and it said. lends to the whole infinite idea of the TARDIS. Yeah. Is you don't you don't lock yourself into that same cliche. Yeah. You, yeah. It, you know the TARDIS is infinite. It is. It's no bounds of times, time and space. And it's very clear that the TARDIS has no bounds. Of and by doing something like this, it just goes further to illustrate that there yeah. are no bounds.
3: I like that we did get a, a sexy reference. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs>
1: that helped nail down. Since I couldn't say TARDIS, that really yeah. helped nail down who it was. Well, <laughs> and, and, and connect
2: it to the new series. Yeah. yeah. Very well done. All right. Well, let's step forward one more time and give a little review of the next one. One Cold story. Step. I have a synopsis for this, too, but it's almost as long as the story itself. Well, it probably so. is because this one was the shortest of yeah. all. I mean, this was only about seven or eight pages. So. And uh, this one written felt. written by David McEntee and Andy Frankham Allen. Frankham yes. Allen. Frankham <laughs> Allen. Sorry, Andy.
1: <laughs> While I enjoyed the little bit, it, this one seemed. I don't want to say unnecessary, but it's just, it gives us a little bit of backstory for Anne and her history with the dad. And it, it did help give some great, which I will get to this in a little bit, always thought that in Schizoid Earth, the Anne. And Professor Travers' storyline is kind of just there and kind of drops and doesn't go anywhere. This kind of helps flesh it out a little bit more, but not enough to fix anything, any of my issues in the story, in the book.
2: And I think that's why I liked it so much. (laughs) No, no, because I agree with everything you just said. It doesn't go far enough, but it gives a little bit more. And I like how it's incorporated the reason why the professor has gone with Anne on this expedition. Because it doesn't explain to us why they're both on this expedition as much as this does and gives a reason for why... uh, I mean, she's basically looking after her father. She does not want him to go to Tibet because Alan's concerned for him. And as readers of the stories and what we know from downtime, we especially don't (laughs) want him to go to Tibet (laughs) yet. We know he's going to end up there anyway. But this really does a nice job of convincing me... Wow, this was this he the, the Tibet stuff could have happened a lot sooner than it did. Him for downtime, yeah. him going back and, and drawing Victoria and, and by this was just uh, one little roadblock. Unfortunately it's a hurdle and he cleared it because he ends up there anyway. <laughs> but it was a nice little Unless I'd like to delay. see a little bit of more of this through the Lethbridge Stewart series if we continue to go down the uh, uh Professor Travis Edward Travis line because oh, I'd yeah, like to, to see these little um you know, well, he's on his way to Tibet. Oh, wait, no, we're going to bring him here. No, oh, wait. And so, and it kind of goes far enough to explain why it took so long for him to go back to Tibet yeah. as well. So, um, I also like the explanation that we got about Travers using the uh, the reason one of the reasons maybe why he still had the Yeti, the robotic Yeti, and the sphere might have been because of his interest in utilizing a non uh, sentient or non not sentient non uh, animal in order to do tests or research for things like that because oh, it makes yeah. the the connection that perhaps he wanted to use because it says he wanted to do uh, further research on how to use non animals but have the animal traits and and so he was exploring this idea so that you weren't basically hurting real live animals but you were able to mimic am, animal-like behavior in something by using the same technology that the, the spheres uh, used with the Yeti mm. so that you could have a non-living entity but still have the same characteristics of animal in order to experiment on. And I thought that was clever. And it's – I'm making this sound like it's a big, huge <laughs> plot point. It's not. It's, it's really just, just a, a, a drop line. Yeah. And, but it really goes a long way as to explain maybe why – Travers kept the Yeti around with the control spear even after they had thwarted the uh, Great Intelligence the first time in Tibet. So I thought that was a neat little way to, in just one or two sentences, kind of justify the reason why he still had this and why he wants to continue that idea of of the process. So I thought that was cool as well. I I enjoyed the
1: flashback bit that was in it. I I think having come off of legacies and i'm blanking on the first one now ambush ambush Ambush. i was going and expecting okay i'm going to get this great little side story maybe parallel or ahead of leading into the story and this is more of filling a gap in the middle of the book it does yeah yeah and and, then and part of that is my own uh Mindset going into reading the story, but that that kind of lessened it for me. I, I agree with a lot of what you just said. I, I, I appreciate. I really enjoyed this the, the short bit. It was just shortened in the middle of the book that I didn't want.
2: I think the other thing that I think this goes a long way to is give us little pieces. It helps of,
1: build Anne's character. Well, and too. Anne's background, her yeah. family, the yeah. Goths.
2: They talk about the yes. relationship between the Travers and the Goths. It, they, it, things that we learned about in. Beast of Fang Rock. Yeah, this kind of gives you just a little bit more and dropping it, it a almost little felt bit like it, they
1: should have left this in, yeah, so that it would set up the Beast next
2: book a little yeah. better.
1: Yeah,
2: uh, and that's what it you feels. say. Left I, this in. I don't know that this was ever I, intended. I don't, I don't to don't know if in it was either. Book, but the way it feels is it's it a deleted scene. Like it does feel like a deleted scene. I think what this did is gave Andy a opportunity to kind of broaden the spectrum of backstories throughout the the linear links of the main line. Yeah, and so I think by framing it around what McEntee had already written for um, Forgotten, no, not Forgotten, uh, Schizoid Earth, by putting this in there, kind of gave him a little way to kind of stretch out the linear aspects of what was to come, and I think it worked really well. I think that's what I like the best about it is it works really well to kind of broaden, if not expand, the. Things that we're learning, the little pieces of each character that we're learning Mm. and giving us uh, just a and in seven pages, it gives very little backstory, but enough to be satisfying and connect a lot of dots. And I thought that was cool. And Alan, we haven't heard anything about Alan other than mentions of him in other books. And so to really get a scene now with Alan and kind of you know understand the dynamic there, I thought that worked really
3: well as well. I would agree.
2: Sean, you've been kind of quiet.
3: I, I kind of agree with both of you guys on this one. It's the I felt the flashback part of it was phenomenal. I really enjoyed the, the – the, it was it was nice to get the, the brother who had been mentioned, but just kind of in passing almost, that, you know, oh, yeah, there's a Travers brother out there somewhere. And for as integral as and and the professor have been through the rest of the Lethbridge-Stewart books, it's like, well, when are we going to get something on Al- Alun? Alun. Alvin.
2: Alan. Helen. Allen. It's spelled A L U N, which is, I've never seen Alan yeah, it's spelled yeah, me that either. way, but that's Alan, yeah.
3: When are we going to get something on Alan? And so then all of a sudden here was Alan. I was like, yeah. oh, all right, sweet. But I agree with Keith. I kind of feel like the framework of it, that, you know, because it was couched, you know, kind of in the middle of this uh, uh, clip from, uh, from Schizoid, that part didn't work for me. Just, uh, I, I don't know. I just, I understand it was done just for the, It's like when you watch a deleted scene on a DVD and they give you the little bit before and the little bit after so you know where that scene
2: falls. Yeah.
3: And it's like, oh, okay. And then sometimes that scene goes on a little too long.
2: And you and go, like, I know why I, they I, took I, I that. I get out. it. I know why they took that. Well, out.
3: not even that so much, but when, when, when the framework, when the, the, the two parts at the beginning and the end of the clip go so on and on them and on, and okay. you're like, I know where this is oh, in the movie. I, see. I don't need, I see. you don't need to look for a great stopping point here. I, I get it.
0: Right.
3: In a way, that's kind of where all, almost this felt like, because I love the, the, the middle part of it, but then once the, you know, because I, I was confused. I kind of kept waiting for the next segment to start within the confines of, okay, we're on the helicopter and we're flying to the island. Maybe she's going to have another flashback. No, we've now landed on the island and we're going to go down to the crater. Maybe she's going to have another flashback. No, we're now uncovering the flying saucer, yeah. and it's like, when are we going to? And then it just ended, and, and then it gave a little tagline at the end to be continued in, and I,
2: I felt cheated almost. Well, here's the thing: me, is know? we came to this from a perspective of already reading skits. Later, That's true because this, in that way, would have served as a tease as to what, That's because true, yeah. I would have been really intrigued by that much more that was given where they find the the saucer and she thinks it's a bomb, and they uncover it. He points out that it's got a hatch, and you know that is exactly that, that would have been true. it would have been a wonderful tease ahead to had, had what this, is it they have found?
3: Had we done this in correct order? Right, and I'd right. read this first. I'd not that I couldn't wait already well, yeah, after yeah. after the strong open, but I would not have been able to wait to get into schizophrenia because right. it's such a good it's it's such a good tease. So that 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 I blame totally on myself It's just, you know, <laughs> for not reading them in order. Yeah. But um now like I said, it's it's a good little it's a good little story and it's only Did anybody read the biography like, of the whole that? Thing? I did not. there's a
2: there's a, there's a short little Fill you in a little bit more on the back history of both Anne and Professor Travers, mm. and uh, if you get a chance, go on and read. It. It's only two pages. Oh, that's not. Yeah, good. there's a paragraph on each, I think. Um, it, it, it it doesn't like open your mind and go, oh wow, there's I know so much more about them, but it gives a little minor little details oh. that you kind of go, oh okay. Yeah, mm. So,
1: well, should we move on to our spoiler-filled review of Schizoid Earth? Yes. I'm not going to reread the synopsis because I That's did that okay. last That's
2: okay. We will um, sign uh, sound the spoiler warning on this one if you haven't got to this book yet. This is going to be full on. We're going to be talking about characters and events and things that are going on. And I don't think we're going to go necessarily into our love it or hate it. Although this will maybe expound on why we liked yeah. or why we why we what came we to the did conclusions what we, we did like, when yeah. we yeah when we we talked about it. Um. For me the other thing is to hindsight's 2020 I, I I immensely love this book when it came following forgotten sun I don't think it was as good as forgotten sun but I so thoroughly like this book but unfortunately now we don't do ranking systems but <laughs> of the four books oh, that we uh, have yeah. done now it really does fall to the bottom because of we've had things since then however it did not it does not diminish my my love for the book because I think that it's it's really incredibly done and I think that the the way that it's done in in revisiting characters from another story, which is Inferno, yeah. um, because we do get we the yeah we get the parallel uh, Earth aspects of this. I really enjoyed that, and it went a long way to explain why a certain character, James Stewart, shows up <laughs> in this. And you're like, that was the biggest twist. Okay, halfway wait through a the book. It was this like, is whoa. the guy that died, and he died when Lethbridge <laughs> Stewart was a kid. And he was young himself, and now we've got a fully grown James Stewart here. And you're go- left with Stewart, and you're going, "What is going on here?" What <laughs>
1: that was when the story ratcheted up and got interesting for me. <laughs>
2: Where is Alistair at? That th- yeah, exactly. Yeah, what what the heck is going on? Because I think we talked about you're very this very much before, in the dark leading up to because that too. it does it 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 gives us little nuggets of what's happening, but it really doesn't have anything that's that's very coherent until that happens, and then you start to. Backwards put the pieces together and kind of because, figure out what's happening
1: here. Uh, not Chorley. I can't remember his name now. The the the, the, uh, the journalist oh that gosh. starts green. looking. in Green. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Larry. It, 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 it wasn't until green. I kind of realized what was going on with him, why he was there. Yeah. And the fact that Lethbridge Stewart was off in Earth 2 and everyone else was still <laughs> on Earth, Earth 1. Thanks. I mean, <laughs> that's the best way to say it. At this point. Well,
2: because there becomes an Earth three eventually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we presume there must. This must be an infinite Earth story yeah, yeah, as well, because uh, you know Tesla shows up later, which was, <laughs> to me, I thought was quite an enjoyable part of the book as well. The events that are happening surrounding the Tesla storyline kind of maybe fall apart a little bit, but they don't. Maybe go as far enough. It, yeah, in, because in it's so their short world amount of time They're, on Earth three. Yeah, there's yeah. there's very we get very little of what is happening there because there's a lot of Earth one and there's a lot of Earth two, but we don't Inferno Earth and there doesn't we don't get a lot of Tesla Earth and I think maybe that's we get we feel like we get shorted a bit because we get thrown into circumstances that are already happening it's and th- impending doom far along. that everybody else is is already worked up to. The end, and there's you know peril, and everybody's concerned, and and we don't have enough time to feel any sort of concern for our heroes or the, this cast of characters that we're thrown into, other than Lethbridge Stewart or Alistair, and well, the, let's say the Lethbridge Stewart boys, <laughs> and how they're going to get all out of this three peril. Of them. Yeah, all three. Of them, that's right. Because there's <laughs> that young, was my there's favorite. a younger Alistair. There's yeah, ver- and in, in Earth three,
1: and that was my yeah. favorite part is the fact that. He was the he was the Alastair on Inferno Earth yeah. with the iPad, which ends up later on. Yes, with, yeah, which the, was a great bit of cohesion, yeah. which didn't come together until the very last, almost the last minute. Yes, and that's when I was like, oh, okay, so it is for sure in Inferno Earth. I wish I, I do kind of wish that they would have dropped something that we would have known. That it was this, in fact, alternate universe that we are already familiar with. Right, right. Retroactively, it fixes it all. But it, uh, during the ride, it was like I feel so lost. If I had, I need some sort of other grounding point besides Lethbridge Stewart, who's also lost yes. throughout the entire right. thing.
3: And, and that was, that was, I think, my biggest problem with 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 the story is that it very much felt like it was Inferno Earth. Felt like it was supposed to be in Fernworth, but we never got a confirmation one way or the other, and I kind of kept thinking to myself, Are, and, that, and that's and and again, part of that is the keeping Lethbridge-Stewart off balance, and then part of that is keeping the identity of James a secret until we make that reveal, and then it's like, well, now okay, now you've taken away the idea that maybe this is." Um, Inferno Earth because I was building up to the idea that maybe this Lethbridge oh, Stewart would wind up losing an eye at some point in time in right. the story and becoming that. And he does.
2: That. Well, and that, yeah. But, yeah, see but, but,
3: but, but it doesn't, it's it, not. He does,
2: but in a different. Right. Yeah. It's, 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 in a different. You, you, you expected
1: James to be Alice
2: there. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yes. And it was the Inferno version of Alice there.
3: Correct.
2: Yeah. But, but we do get an Alistair that does lose his eyes. Yeah, right. so, yeah. so then, then he brings you back around to. Oh, it, yeah. A, okay, this is. It really wasn't. He, Here is what it, boils it does down down to. A bit of misdirection. I think that that uh, McKenty tries to be a little too coy, right, with yeah. revealing whether this is internal, uh, infernal earth, as or or not. And I think by being too coy with it, it doesn't maybe satisfy those of us that. Felt like we made the connection and then decided, well maybe we didn't make the connection, and then we did make the connection, and then we didn't, and then we did again, you know. So <laughs> I, I think that's where that's the only detriment to this story is that it doesn't just go ahead and be brazen enough about it saying, Yeah, this you figured this out. It right. kind of makes you feel a little foolish that, oh, you've tricked me twice, you know, that kind of thing. So And then Tesla. <laughs>
3: Now, I liked Tesla. And now, here's the deal. You guys know me. i had been all over Tesla. It's like, oh, and then Tesla shows up, and it's like, cool. Tesla shows up so late yeah. in the game that, and, and that frustrated me because at that point, I almost felt like, man, I'd almost read that. I'd almost rather read that
2: book. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just it. You know? it. It gives too little of a story there, which could, I mean, later, ultimately, you could write a whole story around What's happened Just here and what has led building, them to this yeah. point? Yeah, because yeah. I really, I really did like the uh,
1: the fact that they were shooting these pods back and trying or back in an alternate universes. Well, trying to,
2: they think they're shooting them into the past. Yeah, but it's- and unfortunately, they're shooting them to alternate realities because of the fact that they haven't quite got the method right. Yeah, and so instead of going back in the timeline, it's cr- shooting off and creating another timeline or in the instance, crossing through the parallel. They are still yeah. going through time, but, but unfortunately <laughs> they're landing you know, on this level instead of this linear level. <laughs> yeah. And I, I liked how that was
1: the explanation of why this was going on. But continue.
3: Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I, that, that to me was... It was, oh, a, I neat, it was, was a
1: neat was... explanation that didn't make it sinister. <clears throat> it, was,
3: it, was, it was. It was nice that we had that. It was nice that we got... That tie-in, at the same time, it almost felt, not quite Deuce Ex Machina, but it, it, it felt a little, uh, the only reason that no, I give I you, the only reason I can give you this is because I wanted to put the Tesla stuff in the book anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and, and there's a lot of the, te- like I said, the, I loved the idea and and the story and everything that was going on in the in the Tesla arc. But I just feel like we got way too little of it, way too late for it to be of any genuine cohesiveness to the story. Oh, and
1: they could have done something really fascinating of making Tesla the villain more than anything else. Well, uh, no, uh, Tesla's and, a good guy. And an alternate version of Tesla where he's kind of evil. Because this is the only Lethbridge-Stewart novel that does not have an adversary, quote-unquote. It's circumstances yeah, are the adversary. Like and I think that's part of... Why, for me, the book feels a little different and doesn't quite reach the level of the other ones well then we, we it's did not this. it's not uh it's almost two new series it's not mm-hmm. classic series enough. We
3: get a whole alien threat here with uh, this is why we're doing this, and yet that doesn't feel fully enough cooked to yeah. to, to really you know and, and like Glenn says, everything was so quick on. Here's all of this. I mean, we just I, I just got to the point where I kind of felt like I was on equal footing with Inferno Universe, and then you pull the rug <laughs> out from me, and we go to another parallel dimension. <laughs> we introduce Tesla and an alien threat, and we kind of give the explanation for where the pods have been coming from and why, and we've got all these people that I've introduced you to that are in danger because of this alien, but it's like, I don't have enough time to care about them. I'm still playing catch-up, it feels like. So then we very quickly wrap everything up from the Tesla story arc and manage to succeed in wrapping up the other one as well. And it just kind of, I it just, I don't know, it was, it was too little, a little too late. The, the,
2: the wrap up's a bit rushed. Yeah. And I yeah. agree that it does feel a bit late. However, conceptually, I think the story is good. I like the being left in the dark at the beginning. I liked the fact that we end up on this parallel Earth, and Lethbridge Stewart, along with the reader, has to figure out what the heck is going on here. And he never really does. He never comes to well, because a satisfaction the, because he's, he's still, still dealing with later, it in later books. Yeah, yeah, he's still, still even later. He thinks he was in some you know Soviet concentration camp, and so yeah, it, it's I, I, I like that aspect. And really, it's it's James who is the hero in this story for a good chunk of it because he's yeah. the one that says you know he trusts that that is my brother. <laughs> That something has happened here, and Alistair does live, and so he puts, you know, all of, you put all of your trust as a reader in James. And I like that, even though Alistair's very reluctant to do so. Um, But yeah, you're, you're exactly right. Then once we get to the, kind of the third act of this with the Tesla world, it's like... We got to get this wrapped up really quick, and it just, they kind of fall off, leaving you wanting more. But yeah. I think another thing that, and we talked a little bit about this in our, our previous review about this, but um, David A. McEntee also wrote a novel in the Doctor Who uh, BBC Books realm called um, The Face of the Enemy. And I believe it is a third Doctor story, and it includes uh, The Master, uh, Lethbridge Stewart, Mike Yates, Ian Chesterton. Oh. Barbara Wright Chesterton, Oh. Um, and it also has um, shades and parallels, and delves into the infernal world as well. There's so he's, he's a big well. fan of Inferno. So he must be. So I think once we eventually come to this book, that maybe this will broaden and expand because even some characters, uh, the, the, the book shares some characters, and in uh-huh. fact, if we had read this. There's a certain character in this, and I can't remember. I think it's the the, the second-in-command lady. I think she is also the in... Almost quasi-love interest for yeah. Lethbridge Stewart. Uh, at some I think it, she's also from Face of the Enemy. So I mm. think that we would have made that connection a lot sooner and been satisfied our curiosity is whether we were really on Inferno Earth or not immediately. But because we, we only come from our knowledge of Inferno Earth... From this TV story, Inferno, yeah, we didn't get the connection. It took us a little longer to get the connection. But I, I agree. And again, that's, you, shouldn't, again that's- you shouldn't have to have read. I think Face of the Enemy, but I think it will broaden our maybe. Uh, like or dislike for this, yeah, this Well,
3: there story. are things that you do as, as a writer where you come to it and you're going, I'm going to include this character from this one thing that I wrote ten years ago, and it's it's an added in-joke for you and an added bonus for any of the readers who have read the previous thing and gone, oh, did you see what he did there? But it should still stand alone. Dark Tower. Dark Tower. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it should still stand alone for the people who have not read that. It should be just as strong, kind of like Star Wars. It should be just as strong as a, as a thing on its own without the – the 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 callback or the tie-in. And so there's a part of me that feels like, well, I don't know that he got there. And then there's another part of me that's like, no, it's fine. I mean the, the book I I I don't want to I'm the dissenting opinion here and I don't want to be the guy going, Oh, I didn't like it because of it. That's but not I, true. I still enjoy yeah, the story. Yeah. You know, I still enjoy the no, I think the you have
2: I think you've come across that you this was an enjoyable story. Okay it just had weaknesses.
3: Yeah. And and that that was I think maybe the reason that I harp on those weaknesses more than, than you guys are.
1: It could have been even stronger. Is, had those exactly. Is because there, I yeah. so
3: enjoyed the concept. I so enjoyed what we were doing and uh, Tesla, <laughs> we got Tesla. And so I'm, I'm frustrated that it didn't play out better just from the standpoint that it was such a great idea for me. Yeah. That's where it kind of,
2: but did you moment. not, when Tesla shows up, did you not think, yeah, it, it had to be Tesla. I mean, we, <laughs> who, so better, are, yeah. who better to be experimenting with this or coming up with an idea like this than Tesla? I mean, yeah. It was, yeah. I mean, it's like, ah, just need more Tesla. <laughs> yeah, well, <I've, laughs> just need more. The, the, Needed
3: the, more time in Earth 3. The, the world in general, in my opinion, needs more Tesla. I've become <laughs> I've become quite a, a, a fan for not being taught anything about the guy in school. Yeah.
2: Isn't that interesting that he is such this enigmatic... a piece of history, we don't learn that much about him, but then when you do learn about him, you wonder why the heck we haven't learned that much about
3: him? You want to talk conspiracy theories? Yeah, (laughs) really. And so, you know, because I've I've really in the last, I don't know, two years even, just kind of delved into this going, you know, I didn't know this, I didn't know this, and I didn't know this, and I've been researching him and reading up on him, and I've kind of got in the back of my head like there's a TV show percolating about Tesla. (laughs) Kind of going... not 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 a historical. It's kind of doing the full science fiction,
2: the adventures of young Tesla. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you no <know, you> why. Know, <laughs> Steampunk. And 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 ste-
3: yeah, yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> you guys have nailed it. That's what I want to do. <laughs> um, so you know, heading all of that, and then coming to this book and going. There's Tesla I mean I was just like so excited and he 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 everything that he did everything that involved Tesla was right in line with what I would have wanted yeah
2: yeah so that was the added bonus to it It just leaves you wanting more but
3: it, it left me wanting so much more so yeah
2: but I, I I still give this story high marks it's it is a it's it's a wonderful uh, piece of this Lethbridge Stewart story mm-hmm. it 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 is the it it is the most different. From all the four books that are been released so far. Um, Which is not a bad thing. No, it's not a bad no. thing at all. It, it's good fact, to have variety. It, it is interesting in its placement. I'll give it that. Because yeah. everything else is, so, for the most part, sort of down to earth. I mean, they've got some high-minded ideas. Don't get me wrong. And yeah. I love that. And that's what I like about the... I mean, probably the least high-minded is, is Mutually Assured Domination. Yeah, but yeah. it... It, it, it really kind of almost pushes the envelope a little bit more than the other books, and kind, which puts it on a different tier, not necessarily mm-hmm. better or worse, but it puts it on a different level than the other books. It seems interesting that this is the second outing, that this almost seems like we, if you're going to do kind of a mind-warping idea of a story, you kind of wait down the line. But on the flip side of that, it works. It works where it is, and it works for Jumped the development. In the deep end, yeah. It works <laughs> for the development of, of, of Lethbridge That's an interesting point.
3: Would I wonder if this would have made a difference had they resequenced them at all. I mean, if, if we'd come off... Um, had they put Beast with some of those same
1: high-minded ideas and execution done to a lesser extent seconds.
2: Well, kind well, of no, wrapping, ramping us up to, to this, this kind yeah. of... Well, not, not even idea. necessarily yeah. that.
3: What, what, if we did, what if you had done... Um, why can't I not remember the first book now? Forgotten, Forgotten Son. If you'd done Forgotten Son and then done something a little more straightforward, like Mutually Assured Domination yeah. as the second book, then given us Beast with the time warping and, and some of the stuff that's going on with that one, and then given us this yeah, one with kind Universe War, and, and ramped up to, up to that. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that would have...
1: As a series, book-wise, that would make that makes sense. However, the way Mutually Assured Domination plays out... Universe wise, you have to end at least the first series. That's true. Of this. I
2: would agree. I would agree. I, 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 and I, I, we're not second guessing Kenny Jarvis. No, no, not and, at all. <laughs> my placement. For I think this I kind of sort of trust that they know what they're doing. Yeah, I, I trust <laughs> that they know what they're <laughs> they, doing. They know now. the long And part. it has worked in the format that it is. Yeah. It just, it's interesting if you could have placed it somewhere else. I think maybe just us postulating the idea. Of
1: because it. part of the book also, kind of, aside from the pods that are showing up in actual Earth, kind of. Take a step away from the development towards unit. I mean, Lethbridge Stewart Alistair goes through all of this stuff, and it's great character growth for him, but it does not help
2: forming unit at all. Yeah. Because there's nothing to prove. Yeah. I think the other thing that changed my mind about this book was having Beast of Fang rock and mutually assured domination, because originally, this being the second book in line, and I, I still uh, I still feel this way, but it doesn't bother me as much, is we alluded to this before when we, talk, when we reviewed this book the first time, that it really feels like there's a lot of dropped stories in this. We don't we get Professor and Ann Travers, but then we don't get much of them. Yeah. And we get um, Green, but we don't get much of what's going on with Green. And so and we get a, a, uh, allusions to uh, – or they, yeah, they allude to um, Chorley a lot in this. Yeah. But we yeah. don't get anything of Chorley in it other than name-dropping. And so it was one of those things that I it, – it left me wanting more of what, what was going nice on with them. Some of those threads get picked up But a lot of those get picked yeah. back up. Especially so now when Rain. I look back on it, I'm thinking, well, now I don't feel so bad that I didn't get much Ann Travers because I got a lot of Ann Travers by the time Beast of Fang Rock came around. Yeah. And then Chorley, I don't mind now that there was a lot of name dropping because that paid off right. eventually yeah. in yeah. Mutually Assured Domination. So that issue that I had with it is much less now than would, it was when we initially yeah. reviewed this book. I would
3: agree with that as well. And that's one of the joys of putting a book in the middle of a, a series like that is you can come back to pick those threads yes. up in the later ones and kind of see, oh, this is what they were going for. This is the world building that they which, were doing. Which tells out. you
2: that Candy Bar Jar Books does have has a, plan. <laughs> has a plan and has it right in that sense. So it is placed well. Okay, you guys did good. <laughs> <laughs> Not that you needed my permission. <laughs> Not that you were going to listen to me about reordering the books either. Uh, no, it, it 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 was good. And uh, again, if you haven't read this and you went ahead and stuck with through our spoiler <laughs> review, definitely go read this book yeah. because it, it it and and read it where it needs to be read because oh, yeah. it, read it read does. It in right and read the be, short before. Yeah, read you, it before you, you, you read.
3: <laughs> read one cold step before you read. Right. Gets um,
2: and and now I from here on out with the next line of uh, the next set of books that comes out, I <laughs> will make sure that I read yes. the short stories ahead of time so that. I'm getting those little nuggets, those little teases ahead. Yeah. And, and I think it'll work out, out better. But uh, And in the
1: future, we'll review those short stories yes. along with
2: our review of yes. the books. And
3: uh, so. Uh, yeah, for anybody wondering, why do you guys do that? Well, we're still learning, we're ropes learning the ropes with some of this stuff as, <laughs> as we go.
2: And, uh, you know, obviously, our next uh, book review that we'll do will be Beast Fing Rock, where we will do some more spoiler uh, elements of it, which. Again, we'll talk about some of those things that we just could not talk about like we did with Schizoid Earth because we, you know, that book fresh off the presses, we get the preview copy of it and we get to, we've been real fortunate that Candy Jar Books and and Andy Frankham have been really generous to be able to get this material to us so that we can review it at press time or at release time. And so, you know, we want to go back and give them a little more uh, due as well whenever. We can and, and talk a little bit more, get get a little more in depth about these stories.
3: Yeah, because they're worth getting in depth. Oh about yeah, them. they, they, are, they are. They are. And thank you again to, to Andy and, and the folks at Candy Jar for for getting us the stuff Absolutely.
2: to begin with. Mm-hmm. All right, anything else we need to touch on before we move on to the schedule? I don't think so. I don't think All so. right, what are we coming on Got that. What do we have coming up on the schedule? Got one thing I have to say every week, and I can't get it <laughs> <laughs> you had one job. One job. <laughs> one job.
3: Uh, next, well, next week on the schedule is Christmas.
2: Christmas. Christmas.
3: I know Glenn's all kinds of excited about. it. Yes, I am. It's kind of his thing. I love Christmas. On, on Friday night. Yay! On Christmas. On Christmas. He's well, he's
2: going to be in Hutchison, so I probably won't be able to join in.
3: It'll be. will technically be the 26th at midnight. Yeah. But yeah, we're yeah, so uh, after you've opened your presents. After you opened and- your presents and had your fig pudding and. Uh, whatever else you do for your, uh, you, you and yours, uh, join us uh, on Christmas night at midnight, which is now the 26th, for A Christmas Carol, but not just any old version. You
2: paused and I night. thought maybe you'd forgotten. What we were I did
3: forget what we were going to do. <laughs> I had to find it and make sure I was reading the right one. So we're, we're tweeting along to A Muppet Christmas Carol? Yes. Not just any oh. version of A Christmas Carol, though. Oh, no. Doctor Who. Oh, okay. Doctor Who. Not Muppet's Not the Muppet one.
2: Not Scrooged
3: Not Scrooged Not uh,
2: not uh, not the Alistair Sim not one Not Alistair Sim Not the, not the John Sim John one Sim. Not, not making <laughs> oh, No John Sim <laughs> Who was the other one? There was one in, in between Alistair Sim and, uh, George uh, C. Scott George C. Scott That was the other one
3: Not the uh, Family Ties episode <laughs> <laughs> not Jim of, Carrey one spe- Speaking of things that Glenn really probably likes Not the
2: Odd Couple version that I watched this week <laughs> <laughs> There was an episode called Scrooge Gets an Oscar
3: now, we're doing the Matt Smith one. Yes. The 11th Doctor. Uh, so, uh, Which happened to be the very first thing that uh, we exposed yes. Keith to. All back those, to the beginning. All those years ago. We're going so back I'm, to I'm, the
1: beginning. I've recently been doing it in the right order. Since we just watched End of Time, I've been rewatching season five in preparation for. <laughs> You've been <laughs> <in person's laughs> You're building up to it. <laughs> yep. How's it going? It's good. It's really good. I just finished the Silurian two parter. So I'm almost done. All right. Holds up. So proud of you. Holds up.
3: <laughs> anyway, um, and then uh, we will be reviewing uh, The Husbands of River Song, which is the, the Christmas special for this year, which will also be, you know, we've got, what, four days left now?
2: Four days, yeah. Four yep.
3: days to, to New Who, and then the long drought begins. But we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> no, <laughs> we're going t- We don't, we don't want to. Yeah. We're going to just celebrate four days to New Who.
2: Yeah.
3: And um, so we'll be reviewing that next week, and then... Um, the new year, new schedule, new everything, and I should probably get some stuff posted, which means <laughs> Glenn has some homework he needs to get done so that I know what to post. Tell all you kind folks about that we're going to be doing in the new year.
2: I put a reminder in my new phone.
3: You so. should probably put a reminder in your new phone. I did put a reminder. Oh, good. Put a reminder for your reminder. A reminder
2: for my <laughs> reminder to remind me of my reminders.
3: So uh, as soon as Glenn gives me that info, we'll pass it on to you. <laughs>
2: All right, Oops, that's going to do it. Oh, wait, no. I want to do one thing. I want to thank our Patreon subscribers. Yes. And if you're not subscribing to Patreon, be sure you do. All of that money does go back into this show. Every little bit helps. It can be just a little bit. I think the lowest amount you can uh, donate is a dollar. And I think it goes up from there to anything you want to give. So we certainly appreciate anybody that can help us out. You can also uh, find links on our website for merchandise through the various uh, vendors, Amazon, Amazon, entertainment earth and our spread show Spreadshirt
3: shop. That's the second thing you have to do. just Two jobs,
2: two jobs, Clint. And of course you can find us in the very forms, various forms of social media, which include,
1: we are of course are on Facebook, traveling the vortex, Twitter at travel vortex. We are on Periscope, although we don't do that very often. Uh, we're on Google plus. And of course, the Goodreads Book Club, which last week I had mentioned that there's a poll up for the next month's January's book, and I was incorrect that it's not up yet, but as soon as it gets up we will we'll make sure to let you know, let you
3: know. and if you're in the uh the uh, uh, book club uh, we are we, we just talked about we're gonna make sure that we're including you guys a little more uh, uh hands on in the podcast by uh structuring our schedule next year in such a way that we'll be reviewing on the show the books that you guys read during the year, so you can look forward to that as well.
2: All right, that's going to do it for this week. Until next week, I'm Glenn.
3: I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you.
2: Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.